Good morning, everyone, to the Unbreakable Podcast. Apologize for the delay, but we're on our last segment of our four loves. This is one of the most <clears throat> important love, because this is one that was designed by God. This was the one that only God can do completely. Because it's called agape, unconditional God love. I'm going to read this little snippet to y'all. Charity is a love that exists regardless of changing circumstances. I'm going to stop right there. That messes us up right there. Because we are some of the most conditional love people I've ever seen. Some of us can turn our love off and on. Some of us, we love you as long as you do what you want. we want you to do or need you to do. Some of us, we love you as long as you act according to the way we want you to. Why don't we stop to think? That's not love. That's emotions. Because we don't understand that emotions will make you do things that you normally wouldn't do. But when you truly love somebody, excuse me, when you truly love somebody, It don't matter how mad you get. It don't matter how bad of a thing they do to you. It don't matter what stupid thing they do. Your eyes or theirs. You may get upset with what they've done. But you never stop loving them. You never stop loving them. Because, like Lewis says, agape love recognizes this selfless, selfless love as the greatest of the four loves and sees it as a specially, a specifically, sorry, Christian virtue to achieve. So we haven't got that. As Christians, we're supposed to be living in that love of agape. No, we ain't God. No, we ain't Jesus. But we're made in God's image. We're Jesus' brothers and sisters. We can't sit here and say that I can't do that. Jesus may have done it, but let's Jesus know. Jesus come down here on earth in the fleshly body, spirit led, and did everything that he asked us to do, but he did it in three years, three or four years. Now, if he come down in the fleshly body, all Jesus did when he was here was go before the Father and pray. 
He had strength. He didn't hide. He was transparent. He was real. He went up to pray to release all his issues, his trouble. I'm sure Jesus got frustrated. I'm sure Jesus got aggravated. But you know what? You didn't see it because he knew how to release it unto his father. We got the same opportunity. We got the same choice that we can make that Jesus made. We can live that same righteous life, that holy living, that heavenly living. But we choose not to. That's why we don't understand why agape love is so hard for us. Because we love people through our minds and not our hearts. Love is a word that flows off people's mouths. A lot of time now as a cliche. Why do we feel that we need to tell somebody we love them just to patronize them? If we don't mean it, don't say it. You know, he says the chapter on this subject focuses on the need to subordinate the other three natural laws. The natural laws are not self-sufficient to the love of God who is full of charitable love. Listen now. <clears throat> to prevent what he termed their demonic self aggrandizement stating we feel ourselves full of nonsense. We feel our minds full of a lot of empty things that's of the world. We're patting ourselves around sin. We're patting ourselves around lies. Falsehood. Living a lie of deceit. But we want to say that we got agape love. When you have agape love of God, you don't have these things in you that's ruling you. You're not walking around being ruled by <clears throat> bad choices, errors in our lives and, and, and just mistakes and just lies and deceit and just hurtful things that's going to cause somebody else to get offended. Agape love don't do that. It don't offend. Agape love don't hurt. It don't pretend. It's the same always. <clears throat> no matter how bad a person may get or see. Or the things they do. God speaks and says. Love conquers a multitude of sin. How can you conquer a multitude of sin when it ain't fully true? Unconditional love means I have no kind of terms and conditions to the love I have for you. It don't matter if it's friendship, marriage, 
children, boyfriend, girlfriend, just a love of a brother or sister, mom and daddy. It don't matter. Agape loves tell you to love that father and mother that never was in your life. Agape love tells you to love, excuse my language, the hell out of somebody. I'm going to love past your hurt and my hurt. I'm going to love past your lies. I'm going to love past your deceit. I'm going to love past your insecurities. I'm going to love past the very things that hold you back. Your demonicism. I'm going to love past your just enviousness, Your jealousy. I'm going to love past everything in you. Because that's what I was designed to do. But I made a choice not to. We love according to our hurt and our pain. We love according to what, how this condition of this person did to me and for me and didn't do for me. We love in a way of how do I feel today? Am I mad at the world? Am I mad at myself? Am I mad at everybody that's connected to me? Oh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Don't mess with me today. My agape love is not on me. You say one wrong thing, I'm snapping. But we call it love. How do we speak those things out of our mouths so much? All of us. Times. But then we want to speak that so sweet love. When we're in our best mood. When we're having our best moment. When the day just going so great. I love everybody. But when that one person touches that button. That calls a shockwave into that wound. That's been existing. And it makes a pain comes. That brings back up something from the past. I hate the world now. Because you had no business doing that. When you're living in agape love. That means you healed. You made whole. You delivered. You set free. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of God's love. You're full of God's word. You live in that life of holiness. Many people we can say have got there. Because when you live in a life of God like that. That means you ain't doing nothing but God's will. God's way. God's answers. God's plans. You everything there. Not to say that you won't mess up. 
Not to say that you won't have a flaw somewhere. Not to say that you will be perfect. Because there's, no, there's no other perfect person but Jesus. That was here on earth. But can you truly say. Is there one person. In your life that you can truly say. That you love unconditionally. I ain't even going to put on your heart and say. Everybody. Is there one person. The first one we're supposed to love is God unconditionally. Not past his hurt and pain. Not past his flaws or mess up. But we're supposed to love unconditionally past our flaws. We're supposed to love him so much that his love conquers our flaws. His love conquers our mistakes. His love conquers and trumps our choices and decisions. So what that means, we do things based on what he says when we ask him. That kind of love for God, that we be so obedient unto him. That we sell out, that we allow God to be Lord and Savior over our lives. That we live according to his statutes. His will, his plans, his agenda, his rules, and not our own. It takes a very selfless, loving person who can understand. The hurt and pain in somebody else. No matter if it's because they made a bad decision. <clears throat> because you have compassion. You have sympathy and empathy. No matter how many times a person mess up. God told Peter, you forgive someone 70 times 7 a day. That's 490 times one person. Four hundred and ninety times. How many times do God forgive us a day for being so ignorant? How many times? Do we go to God asking for his forgiveness because of his agape, agape love we know we have? And we do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. The Bible says we should repent daily. But if you go do that sin continuously over again, you're wasting your time in God's time. Repentance means ask for forgiveness and stop doing. Not ask for forgiveness and continue to do like we do. All of us. <laughs> when are we going to stop playing with God? When are we going to let God fill us with this unconditional love? When are we going to allow God to fill us with him? First of all. 
I don't care how spiritual we think we are. I don't care how saved we think we are. Really, where are we? How far along have we really got? Do we do a checkup with God? Do we ask God? Let me know, God, where I am with you right now. Am I better than last year? Am I better than last month? Am I increasing? Am I improving? Am I getting anywhere, God? Am I going backwards? What's holding me up? What's stopping me? What's keeping me from getting to that place with you? What am I holding on to so bad that I can't let go that's, that, that's really more important to me than you? What am I harboring inside my heart that is to say that that's, that's my treasure? Come on now. That's my treasure. That I treasure more than I treasure your love. What I can't let go of. What I can't let go of. I'm going to say it one more time. What I can't let go of. That I'm not letting you trump over in my life. So we're basically telling you. God, I love you. But that pain from 10 years ago. That person really done it for me. I can't let it go because I can't see to forgive her or him. But God, I love you with everything in me. You know my heart. Yes, he know your heart. People love to use that cliche. God knows my heart. He sure do. He knows your heart is deceitful. Everybody's heart is deceitful. You may not believe it, but it's deceitful. And we steady lying to God. God, I'm going to start doing this. Oh, but I got to do this today, God, because this is more important. But you know my heart. And God's saying, yeah, I know your heart. It's false. Your heart damaged. Your heart full of mess. You're walking around full of sin. You're not thinking. Because if you did... You'll never put nothing before for me. God's a jealous God. Very jealous God. That's why it's one of his first commandments. I shall not put no other God before me. But you know what? When we allow our situation and circumstances to take charge in our lives, that's a God in our life, and we're putting it before God himself. But we want to holler, God, know my heart. Oh, I talk to God. Oh, I hear from God. Oh, I see God. But how? How? When you done left God. When you put everything else before God. When you continue to be in your mess. You continue to put God on the back burner. You don't give God no time. You don't get in his word. You don't pray. Or you pray when circumstance or situation arise in your life. That's the only time you really give God attention. When you want out of something that you put yourself in. But then you want to say, 
I love God to death. I love God with everything in me. I do what God tells me to do. I listen to God. How? If you listen to God, why do we keep falling in traps? All of us. God don't lead us into traps and ditches and holes that we fall in and can't come out of. But we lead ourselves there. We lead ourselves into bondage. We lead ourselves into situations and circumstances that don't just affect us, but affect the people connected to us. Even our decisions and choices, what are they based on? Are they based on lies? Are they based on emotions? Are they based on feelings? Are they based on hurt and pain? Are they based on your mood change that day? How many times do we make a decision or choice based on what God told us to do? But the first time God asks us to do something, what we do, we run. But we say we love him. God said, if you love me, you obey me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will get away from sin. If you are my children, you will quit letting the world take control of your mind and you will listen and come back to me. But we spiritual fugitives, a lot of us just world fugitives, we run. We run from everything. But we so big and bad in front of people. But get you by yourself. Your mind tore with you. Your mind fights with you. Your mind brings up all kind of thoughts, all kind of pictures, all kind of people, all kind of hurt, all kind of pain, all kind of past of what happened to you. Your mind will tear you apart on how strong you are. So we bad and bold and bullies in front of people. But when we get alone, we punk out. We forget how bad we is when that mind have you in a corner going crazy, wishing them thoughts will go away. You're praying that you quit having them mind battles. You pray that you quit having all these kind of issues and these kind of thoughts that want to make you do things that you normally wouldn't do. How you think crime of passions happen? People get so involved with that person. I didn't say love. Involved, make that person their God. But when that person starts to hit them wounds, not intentionally neither, you just carried your wounded self into a relationship that's dangerous. But you know what? We have crime of passion with the enemy, with the devil. Because we allow him to torment us and he causes us to do stupid things. Just out of spite. And then when it happens, we regret it. Then when it happens, oh Lord. Well, when we run to God, God, I'm about to go to jail. Don't let him take me. I didn't mean to. God, you know it wasn't my fault. 
They pushed me to that. They made me do it, God. I tried not to. I tried to fight it, God, but I couldn't help it, God. God, you got to help me. God, you, you said you, you're my provider. God, you got you, you got to, God. You said it, God. You got to keep me out of jail. No, God, don't. That's where we make a mistake. God ain't obligated to do anything for us. He did the greatest thing he could ever do. He gave us life. That's all God ever got to do. And we can never repay him for that. But just because we made that mistake, they consequences whether they're good or bad in everything that we do. And you know, it ain't a mistake that hurts us as bad as not asking ourselves, why did I do this? What's the root cause of me to continue this same cycle? God wants to heal and deliver you, but he want to get to the root cause. God's going to do surface healing. He going to go back and find out where did it all start from. We don't want that kind of healing, that kind of deliverance, being set free from bondage. Because we don't like God to dig into us, but we say we got agape love. We don't want God to dig into them wounds, make them scars deeper. If God don't heal you from the inside out, it's like getting cut and you put super glue on the surface to close the wound. If you didn't clean inside that wound, if you didn't sterilize it and you didn't do the proper steps and you seal that wound up with no air or nothing, what do you think will happen? An infection will come from the inside out. Some infections called flesh-eating bacteria will erode away at your skin. That's how sin do. Sin is like a flesh-eating bacteria that keep us from agape love, that unconditional love, that keep us from God, that keep us from His Word, that keep us from being His servant. So we ask ourselves, what does agape love really means to me? Where is it at in my list of priorities? Where is God in my list of priorities? Is he first? Is he my everything? Is he my all in all? Is he my ace boom coon? Is he my first? Did I call on when something happened? Is he my first I pray to when I have a thought or anything else? Am I really trying to live my best life with him? Am I giving God my best time? Am I giving God my all? Have I given God my heart? 
have I really sold out to God? That's agape love. That no matter what, no matter how, no matter who, nothing can separate me from the love of God and make me do anything that I don't want to do. Even though Paul said, when I try to do good, evil is present with me. The things I normally wouldn't do, I do. And the things I should do, I don't. That's all of us. <clears throat> the one thing in between us and Paul, even though Paul was a murderer, assassinator, used to kill Christians, used to just slice them, dice them. Just, he didn't kill until he got on that road to Damascus. Because Paul became great in God. Because he allowed God to deal with him, heal him, deliver him, set him free, process him. He didn't run. And then guess what God did? Sent him back to the people that he used to kill and abuse. That's our problem. That's why we're so scared of agape love. And doing ministry for God like he wants us to. Because we got to go back to those that we talked about. That we hurt. That we used. That we lied to. That we spit on. Teed on. And say, hey. I'm working for God now. Do you see the God in me? You ain't got to ask. You just walk up and you see the expression on their face. when you got agape love and you know for a fact that you're working for God and he sent you to where you at no matter what their facial expression say no matter what their mouth come out and say no matter what they feel and say you do not let that bother you and hinder you from doing the work of God you go on and do what God said and you move on whether they accept you or not and you still love them. Despite of. Because they may not have got past what you've done to them. Or somebody else they knew. That's why I feel a lot of people are scared to get to this place in God. In ministry. Because they don't want to face their demons. But in order to get a God they love. You got to face what you created and allow God to destroy it. Thank y'all for listening. I love y'all so much. Really do appreciate everything. I pray that this bless someone. Because this love has blessed me. These four types of love. Now, these next 12 characteristics of love, they're going to come more quickly. 
And they go really make you think, I feel. I hope it does. Thank y'all. Be blessed. Have a great day.